Dory Bennett, Scott Ligo, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy snow day, happy ice day, happy freeze your butt off day. Out here in the Pacific Northwest, we're experiencing all of it. Um, but before we get into all of this stuff, you know, we're going to talk bowl games and funny names and NILs and anything else with an abbreviation that we'll make sure that we'll cover that topic uh, today. Uh, Scott Dory, happy holidays. Um, you know, Scott, first, you know, how was your Christmas? Uh, it was, it's been good. It's been nice to, uh, just to hang out and with the new family and, uh, do all those good things and see people, you know, obviously that little uptick we've just recently had, we probably didn't do as many, much stuff as with the families we thought we were going to do, but it's been nice. And, uh, you know, always, always appreciative of the time you get to spend with any of your family members. So it's been good. That's great. Go ahead. Dory. Yeah, same here. We had, uh, it was awesome. It's great to see you guys. And, uh, um, you know, all the, all the group texts back and forth kept everybody up and going and, Hey, what about this? And did you see that? So that was good. That was always good uh, to stay connected. So that was cool. Um, the, the Bennett family was 13 strong at our Christmas and we do it. We do a Christmas dinner. Well, it's a day. We do a Christmas day and dinner and into the evening with uh Everyone was there, um, all my siblings and their kids. So there were 13 total, and it was great. Uh, we we knocked it out of the park. The short dog, uh, the plan was everybody got a Tom and Jerry when they walked in the door. They got a Tom and Jerry and picked a number because of some of the things that we have that go on. Of course, there was some sort of tournament, as there always is. This Wait, was hold, a on, card hold, game on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, I got. What in the wide world of sports is a Tom and Jerry? I, I, I'm Puerto Rican. I, I don't know no Tom and Jerry. I, 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 we know Coqui. You oh. know, we, we know, we know Feliz Navidad. We know Los Tres Reyes. What the hell is a Tom and Jerry? I'm praying that it, it's a drink because if it's not, I, I'm. I don't know what kind of party's going on with everybody. <laughs> It's uh, Tom and Jerry is a is a holiday drink that involves whiskey and egg whites and a whole lot of sugar. You whip the egg whites and the eggs with sugar and uh, it gets a a nice frothy uh, topping and you put in depending on how strong you'd like your drink. One, two, three fingers of whiskey. And then and, and then hot water and then the the Tom and Jerry mix and sprinkle a little nutmeg and uh, it's 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 happy time. So we did that. And then you draw numbers and uh, based on who would talk first at the table and then who who was in the card tournament together. And then when we do our our gift exchange then you were the person that was the number that you drew in. So anyway, there's always, you know, it's always a, it's, there's always fun and games and um, lots of great drinks and food and conversation. So we laughed a lot for sure. For sure. How did uh, short dog do in this whole uh, brigade? Well, he led the party wagon. He was, it, it was his Tom and Jerry mix. It's legendary. There are people that tried to get the recipe and it's, it's, it's secret and Tom and Jerry's short, short dogs, Tom and Jerry's are legendary. So, uh, no, he did. And he did the prime rib and, uh, made his shrimp, made his, uh, homemade meatballs, made his, which are the bomb. That's a secret recipe too. And there was something else he did. The Tom and Jerry's. Oh, he made blue cheese dressing and homemade Kahlua. He was busy dog. Short dog was a busy dog. You know, that all the numbers that you threw out there, it sounds more complicated than the NBA lottery. So I I don't (laughs) even know where to begin. Who draws first? And you got to get a shot of Tom and Jerry. And, you know, I, 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 wow. I mean, that, that's pretty good. Scott, you know, going back to your heritage, you know, what's, what's your, uh, your drink of choice in the holidays then? Uh, our, well, mine for personal, uh, is vodka soda. 
with a lemon twist. Usually people put lime. That's my uh, go-to hard alcohol, but I'm mainly a beer guy. But for us growing up, we, which has been sad for us not to be able to do it, but my dad has uh, eight brothers and sisters. So we had 32 first cousins. And so oh, my man. grandfather, for us to, he wanted us to learn to be outgoing and things like that. You could sing. And if you sang, my grandfather would give you a dollar. Okay. So as this thing has morphed and my grandfather's moved on, uh, now it's all the uncles and all the cousin uncles and all those guys are. So you potentially, if you sing, which my grandchildren have done, you could potentially make up to about 20 to $30 in one thing. The funny part is when that you get a new member to the, to the house that's never seen this before, all of a sudden that you see them, they're, you know, practicing their, their falsetto work and they're getting there. <laughs> We're like, no, no, it's the little kids. You're not jumping in on this deal. This, this is only for the little ones. And that's how we get them to be, you know, promote them out there. So it's a really cool thing. Actually, a really funny story. My dad did this one time. He took a, he got $100, $1 bills. He had a good friend of his that owned a print shop and the guy put him on a, on a made him a pad basically of $1. You got to understand, this is my grandfather from the Philippines. He'd go down to the grocery store and pay this grocery bill, and he's literally pulling $1 off this pad. And you should see the, the, the cashiers would be like, he's got a pad of $1 bills. And so the year that he did that, he paid everybody off the pad, all the kids that sang. So it's a tradition that is, for people to see it for the first time, is really, really cool. So unfortunately, we haven't been able to have one for two years, so it's... It's kind of bittersweet, but it's a cool tradition. Once people see it, it's really, really cool. Well, I thought this was going to be a strip club uh, story when you talked about all these singles and your dad printing them out and, and what's going on. I was like, well, I guess I guess Diamond and uh, and Jingles needs a little uh, holiday, uh, you know, uh, stocking there. because I didn't know where you were going with that one, but your story is much sweeter than mine. That just tells me my mind is all messed up. So I, I do apologize. And uh, nothing against the strippers. They deserve their singles. But. I didn't know where we were going. We took we took the little kids to 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 the strip club and gave them all singles. And uh, little Johnny had a great time. Thank you. Okay, I like I like that I, I like that family uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> you could yeah. Well, by by the time you do, if you're little and you, by the time you sing and you make thirty bucks, then you could go to the well. well that's club. why the adults are not allowed then to you, sing. Then you can make right? then you can make it. That's why the adult there's a cutoff. Is no no just for the little kids. Because you yes. know they they they're going over there getting their little skittles and M and M's hanging out. You 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 twenty twenty one and over. We know what you're doing with those singles. So yeah, we're not exactly. we're not doing it. I can't. Now it makes sense. Now I was trying to understand why there was a cutoff. It totally makes sense now. I don't want to get Scott in, in trouble, especially if family's listening. So we might yeah. as well drop that. Uh, for us, you know, our, our big thing. Um, uh, you know, especially when we were back on the East Coast, we used to have everybody over and uh, cook. And Grandma used to fly in from Puerto Rico. I used to bring her in, and she spent about a month and a half or so because my daughter's birthday is actually today is on the thirtieth. Yeah. So we would do Christmas, and then the following week coming into the New Year's, we would do a big party. So it would be a birthday party. You know, um, later on, you know, like seven, eight o'clock at night, going right into the New Year's Eve party. And uh, by the time people, uh, you know, were leaving three, four or five in the morning and calling Ubers and, and everything else, uh, it was quite lively. So uh, Coquito was our drink of choice. It's, uh, you know, our our Spanish eggnog um, with all the dietary issues, especially as we get older and dairy and is no longer our friend. And uh, we got to pick and choose. We've transitioned to vegan Coquito using coconut uh products instead of dairy oh. products so we make our uh, special little eggnog with um a, a lot of yumminess and uh it's a great time so we we still kept it low key just for the same reasons we were blessed this is our first year in seattle that um we had family come out my uh my wife's sister and her daughter came and spent the holidays with us uh came for six days so it was really nice to have um uh, some some family some new faces and we went, we bought them stockings and, you know, we hung up. And we, so we just made it seem like, you know, they had been here the whole time and that this was some uh, some kind of tradition. So we just we had a great time. So I, I'm so glad that your family and you guys were uh, blessed and um, 
Yeah. And had a great, wonderful holiday season. Scott, uh, before we get into, you know, talking some some sports here, how you feeling, man? You had this accident, you know, we, we were concerned about you, but, you, mm-hmm. you know, you bounced back. You're looking great. Um, did you just listen? We're going to whisper so nobody hears. Right. Did your <laughs> wife do this to you? Did she ram you into the door and, and to, to tell to tell our listeners or our viewers if they're watching on YouTube? What happened to you? Well, I decided to get up um, the uh, 19th, the morning, or the 20th, actually, uh, the morning of Sunday, and got up uh, at 5 to go use the restroom. And then I got up back at 8 o'clock and decided to get up. And I was walking away, going to the bathroom area again, and decided that that's when I would find out I have um, vertigo and uh, made a just, just a complete fall. And as I was falling down, I hit the corner of the uh, doorknob of our bedroom. Mm. Uh, it took uh, 20 stitches, 10 internal and 10 exterior uh, to get them in. And, uh, you know, the, the worst part was was right on the lip and, and then in, into the upper part of the lip. So uh, getting that numbing shot wasn't a lot of fun. And then uh, uh, then getting the, the, the lovely stitches taken out wasn't a lot of fun either. And actually, it's it's kind of as a finish to the whole story, which is really funny. There was a little bit of a piece still in in the side of my mouth from the stitch, and I it was bugging me. And and, and Judy says I can get it out, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've done this already. I'm, I'm, I think I'll just go back to the emergency room. And she's like, no, no, no. And I finally got the courage up yesterday. I said, okay, go bring bring the the, the stuff home, and we'll get it out. So finally, about five o'clock last night, I decided I'm going to be big boy pants. I'm going to go get this taken care of. And Judy rips open the thing and she looks and she goes, Oh, let me get this. And I'm like, you know, what's this? And, you know, I didn't know if she was going to get the hammer or the saw or what she was going to go. She just grabbed a little tweezers and she walked in there and she just pulled it and was out in two seconds. It was nothing. It was just a little, they left a little extra stitch in there. Yeah. And I, but I thought I was going under, you know, the knife and they're going to need some, uh, some numbing and some knockout serum. But, uh, I even laughed with her. I said, should I do it the old school way and get a, a stick and put it in my mouth while you take this out? <laughs> we can do it that way, but... Uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway over here trying to take out his, his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she actually had the, half, the last laugh when she had it in her fingers when the little tweezers like, you were going to... You're doing that for this? And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But but oh. I am... I do have... I do unfortunately have vertigo and unfortunately it's still lingering with me. So I think I'm gonna have to do the. I didn't. I did not know this. I'm gonna have to do the PT for vertigo, where they put you on a table and then they move you quickly and they basically get your crystals back in your ears. Oh, that don't sound fun. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it, but I'm. But not getting up in the morning and you know using the walls as your bumpers isn't a lot of fun either. So I'd rather be. I already knew I was imbalanced, personally, <laughs> the person. But I don't need to do it physically. So I just, you know, I'd like to get back to balance, as they say. So. So did they do they did they tell you how you got vertigo in the first place? Did they get, have any clue? No, they just basically said it's just, you know, bad luck. You just found out the hard way, unfortunately. That, they, yeah. They said it's just bad luck. Like you didn't do anything. You don't have an inner ear infection. None of those. Yep. None of those. None of those. Yeah. Dude, uh, you better check the dice you're rolling. But I, but I, but I do have to, I do have to bet. I, I'm just kind of with the, with, with, with Will's uh, theory first. Did my wife push me? Did she do the life insurance up? And then did she like, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's vertigo. It's vertigo. Hey, if that was going to happen, Scott, it would have happened a long time ago, big boy. We already yeah, know that. She's, she's stuck with you this long. She's not going to get rid of you like that. It'd be well, way more. It'd be better plan than let's just see if I can knock him out and give him vertigo. Yeah. The, the, the cast iron pan onto the forehead would have been done a long time ago. Trust me. If that was the, if that was the case, you are absolutely and, and right. Now we're back to our Tom and Jerry reference here. So yes. <laughs> speaking of me. I mean, we've got these bowl games going on, and oh. uh, they are some interesting, interesting names. Uh, do you guys have your names ready? What's your favorite? 
uh, worst. And if you had to rename them, do, do, are you guys ready? Dory, do you have something ready for me here? Yeah, I do. My absolute favorite yeah. is without question, always and forever will be. Drum roll, please. Go for it. The Rose Bowl the presented Rose Bowl. by whomever. It's the only bowl game that still starts with the name of the bowl game. It's the only one. It's the only one left. All the others start with the sponsor name. So keeping the Rose Bowl and then putting presented by, and this year it's two sponsors. So All right. Let, let's go favorite. to Scott's favorite. Scott, before we get to worse, uh, what, you got a couple of favorites or just one? What, what do you what do you think? I, I unfortunately, I'm, I'm in the same boat with Dory because I'm a traditionalist. I'm, I'm a Rose Bowl guy. I think for me personally, the, the thing that I found interesting uh, watching last night's uh, Oregon uh, or the not the, uh, not the the Clemson game is the now they don't allow you to do the Gatorade anymore. They they, they douse you with whatever the thing is. So they get, they got uh, Dory's favorite, Dabo Sweeney, yesterday with Cheez-Its all yeah. over him. And I was a little concerned this morning when I was watching the, the, uh, the Mayo Bowl uh, that they were going to come out with a, you know, because they did talk about the winning coach would have to get into a bath of mayonnaise. But I was a little concerned when they opened that thing up. I was like, oh, that would be really gross if they had to do mayonnaise over the top of some coach. But uh that is the interesting thing for me. The bowl games is now the new the, the get rid of the Gatorade, douse them with whatever it's whatever their product that they're trying to promote. So interesting concept. But hey, Pepper uh, Johnson and the Giants would just be just so pissed off. You know, they 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 started this Gatorade tradition going way back when with Bill Parcells. Uh, when they started dumping the Gatorade, so they they just you know they they've got to be furious. Um, I picked a couple of them. Uh, my favorite was one that was called the Celebration Bowl. It should be a celebration. These kids are here. They're the coaching staff. They've had a long year. I love that name, Celebration Bowl. You know, if we get some cool in the gang going on and, I was gonna and, say, and coming yeah. out and doing some stuff, it's a great name. The other one I had was First Responder Bowl. It's yeah. What a great way to recognize the men and women and everyone involved, especially the last few years, to say the first responder bowl. I, you know, you feel proud. And then, hold on a second there. Sorry about that. And something popped up. And um, and my last one was the Bahamas Bowl. And it's quite obvious. What don't you love about Bahamas? It's warm. It's sandy. We got beautiful people. We got great food. We got some music. So I think there's a theme. It's a celebration. We're going to have a great time. We're at the Bahamas. And if we're in trouble, we call first responder. So those are my favorite names right now. So there we go. What are some of the names that, uh, or, or name that, you know, you're just like, man, this name it just sucks. What, 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 what's there for you? My, the one I, the, the one that I thought was interesting, the tax slayer bull. I, you know, I'm not yeah, yeah. sure we're going to, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to ever slay my taxes, but uh, whatever they do, I guess that's a promotional thing for them. But uh, the whole bowl thing is just crazy anyways. It's, we're, we're adding bowls when we should be getting rid of the bowls and forcing ourselves to a playoff situation, which is a whole nother segment for us to talk about. But and, and uh, going back to what you said, you said before the cheese bowl, that is the Jimmy Kimmel. Those are two bowl, different right? bowls. The Cheez-It Bowl and Jimmy Kimmel are two different bowls. That's Oh, that's an L.A. Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl? That's Jimmy right. Jimmy Kimmel, right. yeah. Uh, so talk about bad names. Anyway, I'm sorry there. I, I get, I, you know, I digress. There. That's but, all right. Uh, but the Cheez-It Bowl used to be, the Cheez-It Bowl in the past has been in Vegas. But okay. It, but the Cheez-It Bowl got moved, and now there's the actually the Las Vegas Bowl. So because the Cheez-It Bowl, yeah, that used to be the one in Vegas before they got the new stadium. Dory, you got you got a name for us? I do. So I'm I'm really impressed with I don't even know where Frisco, Texas is, but wherever Frisco, Texas is, they had two bowl games, two within two days. The first one, the first one was the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Okay. And yeah. And then the second one was the Frisco Football Classic. 
Frisco, Texas, whatever you're doing, you, you're bringing, you are bringing people to your town. You are raising money for, for uh, charities and man, you, you guys knocked it out of the park. I didn't really want, I can't tell you, I watched the games, but it's impressive that there were two in Frisco, Texas and Seattle can't even get one. No, here we go. One. Here we go. Here we go. All right. What, one of the names I you, you already mentioned it, so I won't spend too much time. I, I think naming anything a mayo bowl is just nasty. Now, I like mayonnaise. I, I like it on my sandwich, you know, stuff like I, there, there's a place. There's a time and a place for certain things. Mayo bowl is not the time or the place. And then having, you know, uh, uh, Mike Golick Jr. dipping cookies in mayo and all this other stuff. I heard they they, they doused the coach in mayo. Like you, they did. Little, just just uh, uh, it's just it's just nasty. So I'm just gonna move on because if not, we'll get stuck on this. And and I know we got some other things as we we're just kind of ranting and raving on this this uh, this holiday season. Uh, there is there any names that you would change? Anybody got? And you know, if you had to change a name and say, you know, let's call it this. Anybody got anything? I would take the, uh, yeah, I take the Goodyear off of the Cotton Bowl and I take Capital One off the Orange Bowl. I put those, put, get the bowl games back to their original titles and that the sponsors it can be presented by. Let's get it back to the way it should be. That's mine. That, that right. That's a, that's a perfect way to, to move on. Um, you know, we're talking about all these bowl games, but there also is for good reason because of what we're going through um, on this planet as humanity, right? You know, we're, we're having, you know, all these variants and different things and we're being careful and, and we're getting a lot of bowls canceled. Um, Scott, you know, does it matter that these games are getting canceled? You know, what, what do you, what's your thoughts? You know, is it important or is at this point kind of like what you alluded to a little bit, it's a little oversaturated. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think there's, there's two different questions. I, I, I'm, I think there is oversaturation with the Bulls. But having said that, at the end of the day, if it's done right, and which you know Coach James used to you know do it at the University of Washington, it should be a reward for the kids and, and the and the families and everybody, and should be able to enjoy it. And uh, so I feel bad for these guys that they've come all the way there, they've done all the things, and then all of a sudden they just get told you know a couple hours before the game, UCLA and. North Carolina State, you know, you're not going to play. And that's, you know, not fair to them. And a lot of these guys, you know, I mean, it's like a little vacation for the fans. They've made all their things. I just felt like that there should have been a big, big contingency hmm. plan behind this. Maybe the CDC announces earlier the five-day, yes. you know, deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just – but I think, number one, it should be a reward for these kids and to have it taken away from them the way that it is. And then, you know, I mean – I can't even believe Central Michigan. I mean, you, I, I'm happy that they got a game, but I would not. I'd be be really upset if I was the chief of operations or chief of staff or whoever. And now I got to re-get a hotel. I got to get. I mean, it's 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 not as easy, easy as people think. You just pick up a team and just take them halfway across the country and say, "Hey, we're going to go play in Texas." I mean, it's not the same. It's it's hard, and and the equipment guys and all those things mm. and. Uh, so I just think that, that that's the part that's trapped hard for me is that the kids and the, and the people that, you know, work hard, that's, that's their reward to get to go to a fun place. And, you know, this week we've gotten a few pictures from uh, Tampa Bay uh, from a family who's, you know, sending sunsets and by the beach and by the pool and by the water. I mean, that's a pretty good day, especially when I'm sitting in 22 degree snowy weather. So, you know, I, I think that's the part of the whole thing. It's a reward. And I think that they should have done as much as they could to save that part of the game for the kids. Dory? Well, the one, the, the good piece, yeah, the good piece about um, how it did work out for some of these teams when they did have a game canceled is that the bowl organizers from both factions tried to make a way to make for it to happen because teams were in the air on the way to their location when it got canceled and that, and with that, I'm talking about um, central Michigan on the way to Tucson to play their game against Boise state and Boise state couldn't play because of, of COVID issues. So central Michigan is on their way. Then 
WSU's opponent, Miami, well, actually, they pulled out earlier. So WSU, they were going to cancel the bowl game, the, the Sun Bowl. The Sun Bowl was going to get canceled. Then the situation with the Arizona Bowl in Tucson. And so they just got the team and everybody put them on a bus and bust them to bust them to El Paso. The cool part about this is that there is now a family, the Aikis. Rob Aikie is the defensive coordinator for Central Michigan. His son is now the running backs coach for WSU. He'd been a GA there for the last three years. It's a weird, it's a GA thing where he's still an undergrad going to school. So Molly Aiki, who I grew up with, Molly Aiki, her last maiden name was Hannon. Her dad is Dick Hannon, who was the, he and my dad started coaching together at North Central High School. Both, that was their first coaching jobs, Dick Hannon and Shorty Bennett at North Central High School. So we grew up with the Hannons in Spokane. So they interviewed Molly because she's on her way. Now she has, her husband is coaching for Central Michigan and her son is coaching for WSU. And they're all now in El Paso. So fun story about the Aki slash Hannons. And, um, and Rob Aki had been the head coach at Idaho. And prior to that, he was the D-line coach at WSU. So anyway, little family story there. And it made, when those two bull committees got together, it made it so that they could, they could make it happen. I'm surprised that there weren't teams in, you know, as, as a backup plan because this COVID situation is not new. And so I'm just wondering why that hadn't gone into play where the teams that would have been the backup for those would be closer to the location of those bowl games. And then they would continue to practice as well. So I think it could have been a way to make it work for everybody. Now we're going back to, to how things are done <laughs> Yeah, with the NCAA. And now, now that we, it gets into a whole other yeah. uh, spiel because, you know, it would seems to make sense, you know, and I, I think that's a great idea. You know, things are not being uh, thought through. Listen, we got a lot of bowl games, a lot of yep. great games going on. Um, Dory, what game are you looking forward to? Well, I'm right now I'm watching this Music City Bowl and and if there's a bowl game I could go to that I wouldn't probably ever I mean, I don't think Washington would ever get into this bowl game because of the affiliations, but man, let's go to Nashville and go to the Music City Bowl. The game is sold out. Sold out. Tennessee and Purdue. You guys, it's the first bowl game I've seen where there's been a full stadium. It's fantastic. So Purdue, five-hour drive. Tennessee, two-hour drive. And what a great way when you are having bowl matchups to maybe look a little bit closer and see. Because when you have a foot-filled stadium, that makes people want to come to your bowl game. And besides, Nashville's on my bucket list. So that one I would love to go to. Oh, yeah. It's on my bucket list. She loves her her country music. She loves her country music. A little oh. football during the day, little partying at night. We know what Dory wants. Morning, Haggard. Wedded and told. See? There we Rock go. through the keyhole. Oh, okay. Hey, Scott, take your dollar out because she's singing. Woo! <laughs> I'm not going to make it rain. ourselves into a situation. Scott, what are you Nash- looking forward to? Nashville's a great town, Dory. It is a great, great town. And uh, if you go, I got a few, few food spots for you to go to. Oh, man. Uh, just saying. I, got the foodie. He's always got the spots. I'm looking forward, you know, um, obviously for me, one of the games is to watch Penn State play this week against, uh, you know, Arkansas. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Rose Bowl is going to be a fun game to see. I, uh, yeah. You know, the death, you know, how many guys that are playing for Ohio State. And uh, see if the youngsters, Mecca, uh, Abuka from uh, from here in Wash State of Washington, uh, how he how he you know transforms if he gets on the field a lot in that game. And uh, but uh, you know, into what Doris talked about earlier, the, the the granddaddy of them all. There's nothing better setting than the than the Rose Bowl, and if yeah. it's full, like you said, that's it. Just makes for a spectacular deal. 
And then, of course, always the two playoff games. I'm looking forward to those. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, to me, it's a kind of an anticlimactic, you know, ending to the year. I just, uh, you know, at this point, I just want to get us to the end, uh, you know, and, and have this thing finish out for all the kids and for all the you know people. I mean, um, you know, it's 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 scary, you know, the, the, where they're at and, you know, trying to get this thing finished up. So. Uh, but but other than that, it's I think it's going to be you know a couple. So there should be some really good football games this weekend. W- wouldn't that wouldn't that be a, a cherry on top that we get to a national title game and one of the teams can't play and then all of a sudden they just yeah. award the national champ? I mean, wouldn't that be just a kick in the nonads, you know, to end the season? So let's hope that that doesn't happen. Just piggybacking on what you say. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Will? What are you looking oh, forward oh, to for watching? Me, I, I'm 100 looking forward to the Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame, not just because of the matchup, which I think is going to be a fantastic game. Obviously, you've got a couple of players not playing in the game that are important, but the Marcus Freeman era it has begun, and there's mm-hmm. been so much hype, and these kids went to, uh, to bat for him. And it's just everything, even on social media, the way they're doing things now, it's just like all of a sudden – Brian Kelly left and and they fast forward right into 2022 with technology and the way they're doing things. And it, I think it would just be great for coach Freeman and the program. If he could find a way to get a win here, because if he loses here, you go into this to maybe the off season, well, you know, maybe we should have vetted, maybe we should have brought a couple more guys in, you know, you want them, even if they lose, you want them to perform well. You want to see the kids play for the coach that they backed. So for me, it's bigger than just a game. I want to see how they perform, how they rally, how they, they support this new generation of a young up and coming coach at Notre Dame, their second black coach in the history of Notre Dame. So there's so many reasons why I think it's so important. And look, Oklahoma State, you know, if you're a fan of them, that's great. They've had a very successful year. But for me, big picture to have that type of coach at the institution at Notre Dame, I think it just I think it just could be great for the program. And I could I think it could be great for maybe future programs that have uh, stuck to the same course or the same traditions. I'm trying to say this nicely. And maybe we can start thinking about doing things differently. So that that for me right there is the reason. And obviously, the, all the other games, I want to see if Cincinnati can hang and things like that. But as far as importance and to see really what the, the team is going to do, for me, that game really stands out. Um. We want to talk about, you know, we're talking about the bowl games. Um, obviously, you know, one of the one of the big bowl games, the Peach Bowl, right? Pitt has had an incredible year yeah. led by their, you know, their Heisman finalist and Pickett, and he decided not to play in this game, right? Yeah. And I don't want to debate so much about whether he should or shouldn't, but it's more a different angle, Right. We're now t- looking at the NIL, right? And we're looking at these kids getting paid. And, and I'm just, I'm using Kenny Pickett as an example. I'm not saying that this is the case, right? So I want to be clear about that. But going forward, since we're seeing that money is going into players' pockets and institutions and things like that, do you think that we could possibly get to a point, and Scott, you can go first, where they're going to say, hey, if we're going to pay you, we want you to at least play in the big in a big game or the bowl game or something like that, you, or or somewhere along those lines. What what are your thoughts that how the ramifications of getting paid now might influence a decision that a kid might make, saying, "Hey, I'm going to forego the bowl game and get ready for the pros," or saying, "Well, I signed this contract; they're paying me. I need to show up, even though I may not want to." Yeah, I. I have mixed emotions on this one, uh, just mainly because I'm not, you know, you know, you everybody knows how I feel about the NIL. I feel like they put no ra- guardrails up, no you know regulations, stipulations, however you want to say it, and just run this thing amok. And we'll talk a little bit more about it, even when we talk about the offensive line award that you know came out, the Joe Moore award. But more importantly, I think the way they really solve it, to be quite frank and honest with you, is we go to the playoff system. 
if, if you put 12 teams in there, those kids aren't going to opt out. They want to play for the ring. They want to play for the, the championship. And that's going to keep kids wanting to in, in play in the, in the playoffs. And that will happen. And that's the only way they're going to control. Other than that, this has become the new model for anybody who wants to go to the NFL is opt out their last bowl game. There's no reason to really play it. And they're, you know, taking a chance of getting an injury. So I get that piece. And, uh, you know, the kid uh, Smith, the, the, the linebacker from Nebraska, uh, Notre Dame a couple of years ago, you know, when his bowl game got injured and it's, yep. you know, cost a little bit in his career since Jalen Smith. Yep. And my point is that, you know, I just think that we've gone, we've created this vacuum for these kids, easy out for them to do it. I think if the playoff was a true playoff was there, I think kids would stay in it and then they would play all the way through and, and that would, that would end this whole thing. So I think that's really the solution to the problem because I don't think the other way, uh, even if you did NIL them, you did pay them. I just don't, I think kids would just opt out because the millions on the other side of that's the, the fence outweigh the $50,000 check you're going to maybe get for the game. So, but maybe I'm, I'm completely naive and maybe there, there's million dollar checks are being written right now for all I know. I mean, I mean, it's crazy as it's gotten. So, Dory? Well, a couple of pieces. I think there's a way for the NIL to be a part of college football. I mean, obviously it already is. But put that money into a, an interest-bearing account. And um, first of all, you have, to rate, you have to give the players right now more money to live on and live with. We're, we're, they, that needs to raise. So take some of this NIL money that a player will get and you can and, and, and use it for their living expenses right now. That's one way to do it. The other way is put it in an account and the account is, is like a, it's like a trust fund. So you put it in an account and if they choose to if the player chooses to leave early and, and, and go to the NFL, which is totally their right, then that money stays in the trust fund under that player's name, okay? And then they can decide how they want to disperse it at the university or into a charity or something like that. I think that's a way that it could be used and not used uh, punitively if a player decides to leave, right? Or say they decide to leave, go, let's say they decide to go into a transfer portal, right? And the NIL, does that go with them? Does it stay at the university where they were, where they were uh, playing? Like what happens to it? So there's this gray area. Keep it in a trust fund under that player's name. Then once they've gone pro or they're into their career, whatever it happens to be, whether it's in the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, and then they can, after they have had some maturity, then they can decide what to do with that money so that it's still earmarked for them. But I don't know of a 20-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old that knows what to do with that with the kind of money that's coming their direction, even when they get into their professional playing career. So I think let, let's use it in a positive way. Um, it's not going to go away. And that would be a way to use it in a positive way where it's not punitive if they decide to leave and pursue their professional career. I agree. Uh, uh, thoroughly. I, I, I that they should have done that from the beginning. And there should have been, a, you know, there should be a financial literacy course being taught with these kids and on, on and on. And I think more importantly, I think what you just talked about will be the interesting story to keep your eye on is the Quinn Ewers story from Ohio State because he just transferred to Texas and he got a million bucks to go to Ohio State through the NIL and a truck. Right. The truck has been repoed already. And I'm just interested to watch this case from afar and say, how's this going to work? Does the, yeah. Ohio, the Ohio State alum say, whoa, 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 I gave my million. I want it back because he's not here. One of those. Texas guys with the oil, you know, machines, he gets the, he, that's it. That's his guy. Now he gets to do it. And these are the things that, that irritate me so much in this situation because they didn't talk about these things that didn't think about these implications and they haven't addressed them. I agree with you, Dory. I mean, we all know there's kids out there that could use a couple of extra bucks in their pocket. It should be limited, be based upon your income, whatever. I don't know the formula they can use. I mean, some of these kids send a check back to the mom and dad and the grandma to make sure that they're living and stuff. So I right. get that. 
And I agree. And I think if we're, if we're really looking at it from the bigger picture, you graduate, that money's all there waiting for you when you get done. If you, yeah. if you want to gamble up on your pro career and go early, then you just forfeit that money. Yeah. You had some money we're going, but you forfeit that money and that gets kicked in down the road to somebody else or however it's looked at. But uh, they, needed, they needed to have a better, better model than the one they're presently using because I think there's, it's, it's concerning what's happening out there. Very concerning. Well, and the programs, universities, at least, and I know this from the University of Washington, and I'm guessing it's across the board, that if you leave early and for your, for your pro career, for your playing career uh, after college, and you haven't graduated yet, you still can come back and finish. And they pay, the university pays for your education. It still is a part of your scholarship. So then they could use that NIL money to let's say they go to the NFL and they get hurt and they can't play anymore and their career is over. Come back to the University of Washington, get your degree and use your NIL money to pay for that education or, you know, however you need to use it at that point in time. But it could be used because that money, people don't understand, most people don't know that if you leave school early and you are a student athlete, then when you come back, your education is paid for out of your scholarship that you have. You're not paying for your education. It comes out of the scholarship money that you were awarded if you leave early. Yeah, that's actually, the, the, to your point there, Dorian, I know we talked about him a while back ago, but my nephew, Anthony Washington, that's exactly yeah. what happened. Coach Romar got him back into school, and now he's you know, a teacher up at Garfield High School and doing some great right. things, great work. So. The, the program is out there for these kids to use, but we, again, it's education, putting it out there and letting people know about the, these things and do these things. And, um, yeah, and for the, for the betterment. And that's my thing. If we're going to call these guys student athletes, it shouldn't be the goal to get their degree. If they get a degree and they walk out with a million bucks, a hundred bucks, uh, that's in their NIL account when they walk out the door, that's a great day. Right. for them. I think yeah. that, again, using it as a motivator, not as a, I mean, I'm absolutely with you. I remember when I was 20 years old and I had 20 bucks in my pocket, it was burning. I was spending it. I was going to go do it. A million dollars on a campus? I don't, I don't you know, going back to Will's uh, first story today, you know, the, the dollars are going to be, they're going to be going somewhere. We'll just leave yeah. it at that. So there's so much that to discuss. There's so much that, you know, we're going to see. <laughs> Hopefully they'll make some changes. Not, you know, it's funny. I kind of think of all of this like a dam, right? You know, you have a dam and you control the flow, right? And we know that players have been getting paid forever, whatever that looked like, right? You know, uh, you know whether it's a, a Reggie Bush, and I bring that up because most people know about that story or any, anybody else, right? It's been happening forever, right? And now the dam is just broke. Everything is just fl- overflowing, right? Because when once you open up that dam, it overflows. Everything that was close now is getting flooded, and they've got to find a way to kind of control it and make some some adjustments. But I don't know who does that. Who makes those adjustments, right? Who says what? Who agrees to what? You know, how do they come to this? And then going back to your first point, this should have been discussed before it actually yeah. happened. Instead of saying, well, everybody's screaming, just do whatever you want. Just, I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Just do whatever you want. And normally when you let something out of the bag, it's always hard to put it back in. Just like your kids, right? If you allow your kids, you know, to do something and all of a sudden you say, well, that's not working out. I got to pull back on it. It's a whole lot harder to pull back. Wait, Wait a minute. I, you know, I stayed out to 11. Nobody said anything. And now you tell me I got to be home by 930. And, and I've been going out to, you know, at 11 o'clock to hang out with my friends, you know, and, and now like, what did I do wrong? Why is it my fault? Why am I being penalized? And that's what's going to happen when it comes to this. You know, you're going to get people, you're going to get agents, you're going to get kids, you're going to get parents. I mean, we, we see the we see the lunacy just on a day in, day out on the on the simple shit that people lose their mind. You know, oh, Timmy needs to play, Tim, whatever. It's going to be really hard to put the genie back in the bottle at this point. So I don't know if they can do that or if they find a way to kind of just bring it in a little bit slowly. But 
Good luck with that. Whoever's got to make that decision, there's going to yeah. be a fight. It's it's going to be really, really bad. And uh, I just don't even know, you know, without really spending a lot of time and looking at every angle and having professional people to to say something, you know, what to do. You know, uh, last thoughts on this before we uh, we move along. Well, I think you can see that um, how how if there are no guidelines on the NIL, which there aren't right now, how that then also, and we've seen it happen already, how that then impacts the recruiting and the recruiting process and convincing a kid to come. And yet knowing that they can play for a year and then if things aren't working out, they can leave and, and, and it doesn't do anything to, for lack of a better word phrase, Protect the integrity of the program. Protecting the integrity of the program. If NIL was around when when Billy Joe Hobart was the quarterback for the University of Washington, Coach James would have had a much longer career, is all I'm going to tell you. And the nonsense that we're dealing with on the uh, with, with the coaching carousel at the University of Washington would not be what it is. So I can see where the NIL really could have come into play in a positive way with someone like Coach James at the helm and uh, that that the situation with, with Billy Joe, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, my usually I give a tidbits out every, you know, show. And this one that this is the one I heard just this week. This really is kind of crazy. They're 130 division one FBS teams in the country. And of those only 20 or only, yeah, 20 took over 20 kids in their class, which is only 15% of the, uh, the FBS programs. So my point to parents and the student athletes is it's a numbers game. Uh, you know, and we always joke with Dory. It's about, you know, we, me and Will are a little, you know, math is not our strength. Uh, but, you know, really think about it. It's 32 is really the number. Because what I say is every year classes initial is 25, but the NCAA is given now every school seven transfer opportunities. If seven kids leave your program, they can add seven more. So really you're talking about 32. So you're talking about a program like USC this year, this year only took six recruits this class right now. And that's, I know February's coming, there's going to add a couple more, but even let's just argue they got to 10. That basically means they can go out and get 22 other kids from other programs through the portal and things like that. So the, the effects it's having on the lower on colleges and kids down that level, I mean, high school is really, really big. And where real people don't really see, know where it's really affecting, it's really affecting the JC programs. The colleges don't need to go to the JCs anymore. Yeah. You know, the Kansas States and those guys don't have to do those things that they, they've mm-hmm. done for over the years. They just go into the portal and grab what they want. And, and to my other point of that, the whole portal thing that we've talked about, I mean, there's right now there's 2,000 kids in the portal. And only 25% of them found a home. And we all know what's going to happen after about January 10th. There's going to be another thousand. They're going to jump into that portal, not how, knowing where they're going to have a home. And so, guys, this is a game. I don't know if you really want to play that game. And yeah. Dory's point, you know, your school's getting paid for, man. Stay where you're at. Figure it out. Work hard. Do something. Get better. Uh, but it's 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 it's. It's not good. I don't like where we're going with this whole thing, and I hope I hope they clear it up. My biggest concern, going back to what Will was talking about originally, with the whole thing with the NIL, is my biggest concern is that I think what will happen is something's something bad's going to happen. Somebody's going to do something bad on a campus. Something's somebody's going to get taken. Blah blah blah, and then it becomes legal, and more importantly, it gets sent over to the government, and then all of a sudden, Congress is going to start coming out with. And I don't think we really want to go on that route. I think we want to be able to control ourselves and the narrative and what they need to do. So unfortunately, I think we're going to have to have a, is the best way to explain it, a car wreck. And then everybody's going to go, oh, wait, now we need to do something. Well, we should, we should have thought about that way before we allowed this whole thing to go. Let's be honest. The NCA bet on them winning that Supreme Court decision. And when they lost, they didn't have a plan. And that is the, the travesty thing. And when I get frustrated, and I, I saw Coach Doran from the NC State with his frustration of the bowl games getting canceled. He says the uh, NCA is uh, the no uh, no clue at all is their acronym. And that's kind of how I feel about what and it really is true. I mean, I just think that they've just 
Where has been Emirate? Where is and, and anybody's leadership in the, any of these issues? Nobody's saying anything from the NCA side. Nobody. And there's and it's sad. I mean, that's what you get paid for to be a leader and say, hey, wait, maybe we screw this up. Give us five minutes. We're going to redo yeah. this thing. We'll figure some things out. They've got to figure something out because it's coming, man. I'm telling you, it's not good what's out happening out there. Well, what it means, Scott, and this is this has to do with the numbers piece that you were talking about, is that if if 32 out of 85 um, available scholarships, right? Like there's 85 available scholarships for a team, right? If 32 out of 85 are coming from the recruiting process, right? Then, then that's only 25%. That means 25% of the high school players that are considered D1 players, we're just talking D1 here, are considered D1 players only 25% on the team are coming from high school, are, are, are recruited seniors out of high school. Only 25%. If 32 out of 185, or excuse me, out of 85, that's only 25%. So that means that the rest of the, that means that, right, 75% are coming in through some sort of, transfer portal, grad transfer, or maybe a community college, maybe, right? Yep. So it does, it, it, it does play hard on the numbers for sure. Yep. I got a question here. Um, and I know we're talking college and um, it is funny. We, we have so much to talk about and we're, we're going to have to cut the show short because we'll just keep going and, and things like that. And great. We have more stuff to talk about, uh, yeah. you know, next week and results and, and some of the things that we're going to discuss today, but I think this is so important. Um, my concern is at the high school level, which you guys started to talk about because we already see it now locally program struggling. Franklin high school can't field a team. They don't have numbers. You know, uh, you know, you know that they get recruited to go to certain high schools. You know, we were talking about Josh Connerly a few weeks ago and and commend him for staying at Rainier Beach and not going to, a a, you know, whatever, a quote unquote bigger school or, 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 you know, anything like that. Um, My concern is at the high school level, we're going to see programs just fail or not be able to have teams you know, cancel programs. And we've seen it at other schools where they say, we just don't have enough and it's just not worth it for us anymore to have a, a, a football team, you know? And if you're lucky, maybe you could get, you know, some teams to, or some schools to maybe, you know, uh, you know, put one team together, you know, say, okay, we've got this school and that school. They don't have a team. Maybe we could put one team together and do something like that. But my concern, the high school level if you're if you're going to compete at the college level and only have small numbers getting recruited at the high school level, then the high school uh, high schools are going to try to get the best of the best, do their own recruiting, and next thing you know, we're going to see programs just kind of go away. No, you well, well in that. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I was just going to finish up. You know, I work for the company called Atavis and, uh, you know, rugby style tackling. And, you know, this year I've noticed is through Twitter and things like that, how many programs weren't able to put together to hit exactly what Will said, the C programs. They just don't have enough kids. They had to kick all the freshmen up to JV and just put them on one make one JV team or whatever they had to do. It's the numbers are are very, very scary out there where, where exactly to your point. Of what, what backing up what you're saying? Well, it's it's a concern. It trickles down. Everything trickles down. We all know it. I mean, you know, and so the the effects that that this whole thing will have is it's it's, it's very concerning. Very concerning. Well, the other part is this: is that um, it comes down to a money issue, and it really does. In order for high school athletics to continue, it comes down to a money issue. And, and there, there's money out there. The COVID money could support it. But when Seattle Public Schools decided to do away with the, with $100 in order to, per player, per, per student athlete, in order to participate, 
It was a participation fee. Okay. If you think about that, what that does, that money would go into each school's athletic fund. And it wasn't sports specific. So then you have a sports participant, like an ASB fee, right? Well, when Seattle Public Schools decided to do away with that, instead of let's find a way for all kids to be able to participate if they want, because there are scholarship funds abound. But what did Seattle Public Schools do to even the playing field? They lowered it. They made it so that fewer kids could participate because you can't keep programs afloat without the money. So when an institution does that and they say they're all about the kids, look at who's giving the word of mouth about all about the kids and then taking money away from the programs saying that, well, if all kids can't pay, then we're not going to take it from anybody. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So then that puts it on coaches to have to raise money for their own individual sport. And you get these knucklehead fundraisers sending you emails. So if we want high school athletics to be strong, we need to get the play fee back in play. Are you kidding? Post Falls High School does it. Would you believe their football budget alone? Just their football budget. Okay. A hundred bucks from each kid. They sell 10 raffle tickets for $10 or give it or give the hundred dollars, whichever. Okay. Blade has 175 kids in his football program. Why? Because if you can't afford to pay to play, they find the money for it to happen. A hundred and seventy-five. And that's just the high school. So you want to go start talking about why programs aren't programs aren't there? You know who to talk to. Those knuckleheads at the top that took away the fee so that they the programs can't sustain themselves. A lot to talk about. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up here because we always got a lot to talk about. All right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there will be some beverages in hand as we say adieu to 2021 that was do-do. So as we go into 2022, what's good for you? What is your New Year's resolution, Scott? Oh, I got too many to, to mention. Uh, number mention one, them. go ahead. Yeah. But uh, no, most importantly, just, you know, uh, refocus on, you know, my personal things that I'm doing and, and just, you know, making sure take it to the next level. It's the most important thing for me and, and being around family and, and you know, and, and now, you know, I can announce it that Joe is coming back home. He's going to be at the University of Oregon. And so uh, it's just nice to have my whole family here on the East Coast, on the West Coast. And so uh, it'll be nice for that, for that piece. And, uh, you know, uh, to be perfectly blunt with you, for me, for 2020, I just want to get out of this thing we've been living in for 18, 20 months, 24 months. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next level for that for me personally. So I can go back to my restaurants and eat my food and put, put my stuff on Instagram and do all my good things I like to do. So I'm ready for that. That's really, really what I want for 2022. I want that to be resolved. And hopefully that will. Hopefully that will. So that's great. Dory? Um, I, I, I'm ready like you are, Scott, for our lives to open back up again and for, for they're not for, for people to, you know, not live in fear and, and be able to move forward and feel comfortable moving forward. And, and that's going to take a lot because of the faction of folks out there that aren't willing to do their part. So my hope is that people will start coming to their senses and understand that by, by getting vaccinated, that, that you really are doing something for yourself and for mankind out there so that we can get back to living in a world where, where there's more acceptance and, and, and we get to get our, our lives back. Uh, for me personally, it is uh, making sure I'm staying on the on the the positive program that I started before school started, and um, and and enjoy and really enjoying uh, the the journey. 
figuring out when I get to see my folks again, because those are precious times to be with family. This year, I got to be there for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And um, when you go for a year without, you really appreciate a year with. Amen. Amen. I, I agree with everything you're saying. You know, I we hope uh, healthy, right? We we all we can talk about everything, but if we don't have our health, then you know everything else it just doesn't matter. You know, um, you know, just for life to be better for our loved ones and ourselves, and to keep uh, striving in the right direction. And I wrote down here to listen and be patient with people I think who are idiots. So these are my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> guys, we'll talk. Hey. It's good to see you guys. Okay. Happy you New Year. Um, and we will uh, discuss, hopefully, what's a lot of great results from this weekend and, you know, more good stuff when it comes to the NIL and transfer portals. And there were a bunch of other things we we're going to talk about. But, you know, we'll save it for another day because there's always stuff to discuss. So you guys take care of yourself. Bye. So happy for the Lorigs. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it.